0: know? Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick brought to you by Empire Sports Media. This is episode one twenty-five, Nick. That's a cool number. That's like a a century and a quarter. I lied. It's actually episode 124. You remember when Norm Macdonald did the uh, four-score joke about Abraham Lincoln? I I do. RIP Norm Macdonald. One of my favorite comedians. I still watch uh, clips of him to this day. Where was he from, Nick? little Norm Macdonald trivia. What continent? Actually, that's what country. I think you mean which country, and I believe it's Canada. Correct. Which continent? Canada. All right. Speaking of comedians and actors, I just wanted to plug Nick Shanman's latest show. I mostly blame myself. Uh, this is his second off-Broadway show. I thought it was incredible. His next show is October 30th at the Players Theater. And and Nick, I have a list of all the sketches you did. Should I read them on this, uh, on this podcast or no? I mean, what do you mean? You're going to read the titles? That doesn't really... Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. It doesn't really do anything. Why don't you just tell me your favorite three and you could talk about what happened in them? Well, my favorite three sketches from the show, there was a Lord of the Rings sketch. Uh, if you're familiar with the movie at the very end where uh, Frodo is seeing all his friends after his long journey. Uh, but in Nick's version of these fictionalized uh, events, Frodo has uh, a little bit of baggage that he's been carrying not knowing he's been carrying it because it's somewhere. Uh, I guess he, he doesn't really feel it throughout the journey. So that is one sketch I found very funny. Um, I also really liked... I, I played Frodo, but I'll give credit to Justin Desolet who wrote the sketch. Um, I really liked uh the goblins and Jews sketch. That's a classic. I, I don't think that needs explaining. It's a goblins and Jews sketch. Like the Jewish people, like Nick and I are... Are both Jewish? You can say goblins versus Jews, but it has a happy ending. You can say that. I won't say that. Okay. And then the other sketch I I told you I really liked was the Luke Hemsworth sketch, uh, where you, of course, played Luke Hemsworth. Yeah, that one was really fun. I I trained a lot to get that singing down because it was a higher key than I'm usually used to singing in. So I'm glad it panned out. And three people who are who are diehard fans of the podcast, who are also singers. I appreciate it, that, uh, that note you just gave. Cool. I made them up, dude. I don't really think a lot of Nets fans are singers. They might be, but I don't know how many people can relate to you getting that note in song. Well, I think just the thought behind it, they'll appreciate. Okay, a uh, few things to talk about in, in Nets world today. So I uh, plugged your show. You're welcome. By the way, and this is the last thing I'll say, then we'll get into Nets stuff. You had a plug for your company in your show that Fireside Nets is currently plugging. So there was a Slate reference, the company that Nick works for, the Chocolate Milk Company. Shout out Slate, Slate, Slate. That that was referenced in Nick's sketch comedy show. I mostly blame myself. And now Fireside Nets is referencing both of them. So it's kind of like a plug within a plug within a plug. It's like plugception. Plugception. All right, Nick. There was a uh, list put out by CBS Sports. You know how I love lists. They're like my favorite thing in the world. Writing them, reading them. Oh, lists. Anyways, there was a list created by CBS Sports uh, of the top 22 point guards in the league. So did you see this list? I did not. So this is fun. I'm going to name players. I want you to tell me where you think they are, okay? Okay. We'll start. With Ja Morant. I'm going to say Ja Morant is probably ranked. And this is, is this like kind of pure talent superstar? Or is this like who's the most pure point guard passing-wise or just talent overall? No, just who's the best player? All right, I'm going to put Ja Morant. Player. Oh, God, that's tough. He's there. They're not, they're not going to put him before Steph Curry. They're not going to put him before Luka because I'm guessing Luca's a point guard. So I'm going to say they put Ja uh, not before Kyrie. I'll say fifth. You think Josh fifth. Okay, so hey, this might be easier. Give me who you think are the top five point guards in the league. Steph Curry. Okay. Luka Doncic. Okay. Kyrie Irving. Okay. Um, James Harden. Is that right? Just keep guessing. I, I wanted to stop saying K after every answer. Okay. Uh, and then who would be last? There might be someone I'm missing. They're not going to put Westbrook up there. He sucks these days. They're not going to put CP3 on that top 10. They're not going to put anybody from the Celtics. Um, Let's go. Name a point guard. Come on. I'm I'm trying to think. I'm going through teams in my head. I like DeJounte Murray, but I don't think they'd put him there. Uh, Who am I missing? A lot of guys. You're missing a lot of points. You said top five. Yes. And then I say Ja Morant. So Ja Morant would be the fifth to me. Okay, so you had Steph, Luca, Kyrie. Kyrie, James Harden, and Ja. Okay, you're close. It's Steph, Luca, Ja at number three. Wow, okay. Grizzlies were very good last year. Dame Lillard at number four, coming off an injury. I love Dame Lillard, but that's generous. And Trey Young at number five. What? Kyrie Irving and this is kind of the talking point of of the list, is number nine. So who else is before him? He is after number eight, Drew Holiday. Number seven, James Harden. I love Drew Holiday. Number six, Chris Paul. And as I said, number five, Trey Young. Oh, come on. You're not putting CP3 in the top ten as a 37-year-old on the Suns. Come on. What do we think of Kyrie Irving being number nine on this list? Kyrie Irving, I, could un- I would say my latest I would have Kyrie is fifth. He'd have to be ahead of Trey Young. He's still more of a pure talent than Trey Young and a dominant player. I- I'm even okay with putting Ja before him. And then, of course, uh, Curry, Doncic, and... I wouldn't even put Dame before him. Huh. That's tough. I think Kyrie's five absolute latest. I think nine is a bit of an insult, but Kyrie always gets the short end of the straw. I think this list is so weird because they list they list James Harden and Tyrese Maxi, Right? They have Maxi at number 19. But how can is two Mike guys Connelly on that list? No, no, neither is Westbrook. You want the rest of the list? I'll I'll do it quick. Give me 10. Give me 10 to the end. 10 is Jamal Murray. Eleven is Shea Gilgis Alexander. 12 is Fred Van Vliet.
1: 14,
0: what I'm sorry. 13 is Darius Garland. Fourteen is Ben Simmons. Fifteen is Lamelo Ball. Sixteen is Cade Cunningham. Seventeen, CJ McCollum. Eighteen, Marcus Smart. Nineteen, Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey. Twenty, uh, what's Halliburton's first name? Tyrese. And
1: Why then they- twenty-one,
0: Jalen Brunson. Twenty-two, DeAndre Fox. De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Why is De'Aaron Fox Marcus Marcus Smart should be Kicking seven Gosh, places Archie higher, Murray. especially after the last season, Marcus Smart should be. Why isn't DeJounte Murray on that list? I don't know. He should be on the list. You're telling me Fred Van Vliet's better than DeJounte Murray? Yeah. I'm sorry. That's Who what made this list? That's what Who made this list? Derek Zoolander? Yeah, it was definitely definitely Derek Zoolander. Uh, I think he I think I saw he was the author of this article. Um I don't know. It's it's. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think they got maybe the first four right, and then after Dame, I I I don't think I don't think that CP three or Harden or Trey Young are better than Kyrie Irving when all are healthy. Um, Listen, I could somewhat see if you make an argument for Harden, but CP three and Trey Young are are blasphemous to me. You think Drew's better than Kyrie? He's he's a a great above, and I love Drew Holiday. I think he's one of the most underrated point guards. Yeah. Drew does one thing that no other superstar in this league does, besides maybe Donovan Mitchell and a couple guys in the Celtics, has play defense. And Giannis. Yeah, okay. You're up. You're, I'm saying, uh, yeah, okay. I was, oh, I was saying guards? guards. I was saying guards. I didn't know but that. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, no, this is pretty low for Kyrie Irving, but at the same time, like, we know how the media likes to treat Kyrie. I think they could have put him lower. I think if you really wanted to stick it to Kyrie, you put him, like, behind Darius Garland or, or like, right before Fred Van Vliet, but, like, after Shea Gilgis and, uh, jamal murray like that, that's just the way the media likes to treat Kyrie because of all the all the um you know off the court stuff over the last few years and, and everything happening so uh i don't know i think i think nine is a good place for him i think you know when we start to see him play that can easily he can go from being like the ninth best point guard to like number two on this list right like he he has the he has the potential to get on the level of steph luca Ja, and dame if he's available and if he plays so I, I, love I like Dame, where he, but I think that's a generous placement for Dame. Four. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Kyrie Irving discussed getting swept by Boston in the playoffs in a recent episode of Boys Night. Irving said, "We got four-owed. It was meant to happen like that. Motivation. We needed that humbling experience against. I'm sorry, especially against the Celtics." He went on to say. We're going to see him again. We're going to see him again. They got, you know, a bunch of young guys. Uh, he sounds motivated. Look, the, the the preseason, you know, summer talking doesn't mean a lot to me. You can say everything under the book. And I, I think Kyrie's saying, you know, the right things here. Like, they, they kicked the shit out of us. We're going to be ready next year. But I don't, like, take any of that until I see something on the court. Um, that's, that's just me. But uh, any thoughts on this? Um, again, I think people say what they think they're supposed to say. I don't think he's trying to get any beef. I think he's just trying to, you know, get us hyped, talk about getting himself hyped, give himself some motivation. Was it meant to be? Was it supposed to happen like that? No, we were supposed to be healthy, we were supposed to be better. The Celtics, nobody thought they were supposed to be that good, Uh, and we got outplayed, out defended, and had a couple rough breaks. So, I still think that that series, you know, those first two games go one second in a different direction. You guys don't – Tatum doesn't hit that buzzer-beater layup where – I think it was Irving or Durant who – I think it was Durant who just completely slacked off on defense. Um, And then we blow, what, a 17-point lead uh, in game two or three. So a couple things go differently. That series is turned around. Sure, if Kyrie wants to say, you know, part of God's plan, I'll let him have that. He didn't bring up God. You brought up God. Don't put God in Kyrie Irving's mouth. Just in this instance. Yeah, I got it. Um. Yeah, I, I look at it in, in the perspective of you played them the season before and you you beat them when they were not whole. So you get a whole hungry Celtics team that was the hottest team in the NBA coming into that series with Brooklyn. Uh, and you just got, you know, the first game was close, like you said, Tatum with a game-winning layup. But after that, you got your butts handed to you for the rest of the series. Um, And then obviously you have all this – Turbulence in the offseason, right? So there were moments where Kyrie Irvin and Kevin Durant did not know, did not think they were gonna be Nets anymore. The think about it like this, Nick. The last chapter, chapter of their Nets careers would have been getting swept in the playoffs by the Boston Celtics. So it, it's kind of funny that he's now he's like, Yeah, like motivation, you know. Was it motivation when KD request, you know, requested a trade? I don't know. Um yeah, those are my thoughts on that. I feel you. Yeah, it is what it is. Hopefully he plays even better. If he's going to use it as motivation, you better fucking impress us this year. I'll tell you that. Speaking of Kevin Durant, there were some viral videos of KD playing pickleball. Uh, he looked pretty good. My question to you, Nick, is do you think you can defeat Kevin Durant in a game of pickleball? I don't. I think I'd be pretty good at pickleball in, in most situations. I'm, I'm pretty fast. or pretty athletic. I have good hand-eye. He's got some long-ass arms, dude. Like, I cannot see hit many balls getting past Kevin Durant in pickleball, so I'll give KD the benefit of the doubt in this one. If you said, like, me versus, like, Fred VanVleet in pickleball, I think I'd rake that guy in. No, I'm with you. Is there, a, is there a sport that you think you could beat Kevin Durant in? I'd say soccer. Like, I doubt KD has super great foot skills, and he already kind of has some weak ankles and knees sometimes. Like, I think that would just be too much stress on his legs. Um, besides that – I could probably beat him in chess. Is that a sport? Doesn't count. Listen, Kevin Durant, all right? I know you occasionally listen to Nets podcasts out there, Fireside Nets being one of them. You're a great basketball player. Okay, Me and Nick know we can't beat you in basketball. Or if you If you step on that soccer field and you see my brother Nick, you're going to get your ass handed to you, buddy. Because my you know brother Nick do? don't play. I want to do like a PK competition, me versus KD. We both take 10 PKs on each other. Whoever scores more wins. And you know what? I'll, I'll take it a step further. I was a goalie in high school. I started varsity. Please don't look up the record. I looked it up the other day. We have way more losses than we did wins. But I'll tell you this. I averaged about seven or eight saves per game. I don't think Kevin Durant can score on me. Well, if go. he's doing a PK, if he gets five PKs, he's making less than three of them. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, that is pretty much it. For Nets news as of late, um, we do have some dates. So I think we are one month out from when the actual regular season begins. Uh, that's what the Brooklyn Nets wrote. Uh, at Net Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn Netcast wrote 14 days till Nets basketball is back with a picture of Kessler Edwards, which I love. Because who doesn't love the Kess Express? Uh, I believe that's for uh, preseason, those 14 days. Oh, yeah. And then one other date, the Brooklyn Nets media day will be held on Monday, September 26th. Nets training camp will be held from September 27th to October 2nd. So a lot of people are, are you know, very interested in what they're going to say on media day. The players, the coaches with, with all the offseason noise uh, that, that happened for the majority of the summer. It's going to be an interesting media day, Nick. I'm excited. I'm excited for the season. I'm excited for players to get warm, bro. I'm excited the guys come back from injuries. I think, as I always think, when you start a season, anything could happen. We still got the talent to make a run. So let's do it. Let's get it. Let's get this bread, as they say, the Bakers. Listen, I'm super excited to watch Bruce Brown. You know what? I'm really excited for the return of Blake Griffin. Jeff Green. Gerald Wallace. Gerald Wallace. I like there was a time where I think Gerald Wallace might have been the best Brooklyn net during one of the Nets' worst seasons in the last like 20 years. I like Gerald Wallace. Remember when you said Joe Johnson was like a top five net of all time? That was like such blasphemy. I had people texting me after that podcast and I was like, What's your brother saying, bro? Oh, are they Celtics fans? Yeah. Because Joe Johnson fucking crossed up Paul Pierce into another dimension. I watch that video on on repeat every single morning. I go to shoot. I want to do that crossover on someone. It's, you know what hey, you I want you to watch? Everybody. Actually, I mean, Paul all, Pierce looks silly. All listeners, you guys want some motivation? Look up Matt Stafford dislocate shoulder and throws game-winning touchdown pass. I'm not going to give you any more information. We were watching it this weekend. It's from his rookie year with Calvin Johnson. It was like the sickest, most baller, courageous, huge sack, cool guy move. All right, more badass moments. Stafford doing that or Kobe Bryant? Shooting uh, free throws on his torn Achilles and like not wincing in the slightest. Stafford, I mean, no offense, yeah. I tore my Achilles. You could stand there and shoot a free throw, but okay. Stafford literally, like, in pain, could barely hike the ball because his left shoulder was out of place. And then realized that they're about to put in like a 97 year old Dante Culpepper and with them with the game on the line. And he just said, "If you need me to throw, I could throw." And he just goes out there. Two quick stories to end the show. Um, the first is an NBA story. The NBA and the NBA PA are expected to agree on moving the NBA draft age eligibility from 19 years old to 18, making way for high school players who want to go directly to the NBA. Per Sham Sharania, it could kick in as early as 2024. Nick, what do we think about guys who are 18 having a chance to play in the NBA? Hey, if they're good enough to go pro, bro, I mean, you watch that Giannis movie and you look at guys who deserve to play pro, but they're getting restricted because of, you know, visa issues, because of citizenship, because of age, because of these restrictions. And these guys have worked their asses off to make money to be successful in what they love doing. And if they're good enough to do it, they should be able to and get the opportunity. So if you're if you're 18, I think that's an old enough age to come out. And if you're good enough to play in the pros and then the league, I think you deserve to. I'm glad you know eligibility stuff kind of always seemed like bullshit to me. Yeah, my take. I I don't I think it should be younger than 18. No, you know, I, I think stupid. it should be I think it should be like 13 or 12. I, I mean, you, there are you have your out to, uh, there. and then you go to the game. There are 12 year olds out there who are six two, six three, dunking already. I mean, look, there's this movie based on a true story called Like Mike. All right. And Calvin Cambridge was a kid, and he was allowed to play in the NBA in the movie. But in real life, they have to be 19 and now 18. I think a hypothetical Calvin Cambridge should be able to play in the NBA. If you, Yeah, dude. It's like uh, Henry Roland Gartner from uh, Rookie of the Year. Bro, that's like a fictional movie. Like Mike is like a real like serious basketball. It's like movie. Brendan Fraser from The Scout. <laughs> I like that comparison better. All right, cool. Bro, cool. Ask, ask Dirk Nowitzki about Calvin Cambridge. He asked for his autograph. Remember? Yeah, I do remember. Hey, Falco. <laughs> All right. Um and then the only other story I had, I mean, look, this is a basketball podcast. We love the Brooklyn Nets, but you and I haven't really spoken about the two and oh New York football Giants. So uh you're a Giants fan. I mean, what, what do you think of this uh I'm a Broncos this team? Fan. Oh shut the up. There's no terrible. way you're a Broncos fan. I'm a Broncos fan. I mean, my boy Maddie Ed's diehard Broncos fans. Uh, I like the Giants too. Um <laughs> You know, Honestly, I haven't watched one minute of the Giants game because we had a wedding yesterday um, or two days ago on Sunday if you're listening to this pod, and I just didn't watch them because they were not in the red zone much in that first week. But, uh, hey, happy to see my boys' team doing well. My roommate Eric, big Giants fan. So, listen, I love New York. I love New York teams except for the Yankees, but happy to see the G-Men doing well. I was at the game on Sunday. That was a raucous crowd, Nick. They were ready to just... Watch the Giants lose in the most devastating fashion. But for the second straight week, it didn't happen. Giants fans are starting to believe. A lot of, a lot of great chants post-game. I heard a fuck the Cowboys chant, which I appreciated. Um, you know, go G-Men, go Big Blue. No one was really chanting Daniel Jones. I don't think he's, he's uh, earned that chant yet, but he'll get there. Um, and shout out to the people who, uh, who you married, Jack and Jill, That's their names. Shout out to Jack. Shout out to Jill. Uh, Congrats to you guys on your nuptials. Absolutely. All right. That does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Nick, any final words for the listeners? Have a great week. Take some time to reflect. Um, It's been uh, a long summer. I know a lot of us are looking to this autumn to get some much-needed rest and some R&R. So uh, just do what's best for you. Sometimes you got to put yourself first. My final words, I apologize for the Miami Heat shirt. I meant to say something earlier. It is laundry day. Uh, I never even bought this shirt. I think uh, our buddy uh, Solly Walnuts left it at my house once. So it's a very comfortable shirt. The, the material is nice. I and we love Miami Duncan. Heat. And we love Duncan. We do like Duncan Robinson. And I'm kind of annoyed with the Heat not, you know, letting him start over Max Strews. Uh, But, yeah, don't pay any attention to this shirt. Still a diehard Nets fan. It was just laundry day. I mean, you guys know how laundry day is, right? You can relate. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys. And as always, I'll catch you on the fire. Side.